Hello and welcome to the Velodrome podcast. It's another episode, it's episode 6 already, how about that? We thank you for listening today. I'm Steve, your host, some of you may know me as the Velo21 guy, but today I'm your host on this Velodrome podcast. As I said, it's already episode 6, so if you haven't had a chance to listen back to the other episodes, you can listen to them wherever you get your podcasts. And if you could do us a massive favour and give us a follow wherever you listen to your podcasts, that would be a big help as well, we really would appreciate that. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, you can contact us through Instagram. And of course, my Instagram is velo double underscore 21. That's velo double underscore 21. You can contact us on there. If you're a recreational cyclist who's passionate about their cycling, we'd love to talk to you on this podcast. We've got another great guest. We're really excited today. We are speaking to... It's Dave Thomas, DT. That's me. Hello and welcome to the Velodrome podcast. Hi, how are you doing? Good, good. I am well. So what we're going to do with all the guests when we first come on is speak to about our relationship and how we know each other. Um, yeah. So again, it's Instagram buddies. There seems to be a theme here that it's <laughs> um, we message each other backwards and forwards and we've now followed each other on Instagram for a little while. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, what kind of got you into cycling? How did, how did it all start for you? So, I think like most people, I was on a bike when I was a kid. I loved it. We had a, a friend that lived on our road who used to get bikes and do them up and, and sell them on. And, and he was a good friend of me. He played golf with my dad and uh, he had a Cannondale, like those old school uh, Cannondale mountain bikes with like the a little bit of like one suspension just off of the um, the head tube and he offered it to my dad and I was like yes I want it and I, I from that day I was probably 10 or 11 I thought I was uh, like a trials rider like Martin Ashton or and I'd ride up and I'd see a friend who lived near me, nearby and we'd pretend that we were in the Tour de France and it was amazing like loved it but then you know school got in the way and uh, university and just never really got round to to riding again and, and kind of just didn't didn't even think about it. But then I was I was working on London 2012 on the Olympics and the Paralympics uh, for a company that sponsored them, and uh, I wasn't in a. My wife, my now wife, and at the time she was my girlfriend. We we weren't in a particularly good space, and I just needed something to to get me out of the flat get me to to work where i was in london and so i, I got bought myself a, a cheap mountain bike and used it as my kind of release kind of from the the, you know, the, the, the stresses that, that we were going through now thankfully we're married we've got two great kids and life is peachy but um, that that uh, that time on a mountain bike was very much my my freedom and uh, i was working with a lot of people who were kind of in exactly the same um, kind of mindset about you know we're working on olympics it was amazing like getting around seeing different events you had the road race flying through the city you had mark cavendish uh, we had uh, bradley wiggins having just won the tour it was like it was insane and so i, I came up with this idea and i convinced five or six of uh, my my work colleagues of which only one i think rode a bike that at the end of the Olympics, uh, we should ride from London to Edinburgh. 
and raise money for for a charity because uh, one of our colleagues was was going through cancer treatment and a charity up in edinburgh was was supporting her and her family so that's what we did <laughs> i just got me back into cycling so i i we finished the olympics i bought myself a, a cube road bike and just started training uh, to to be able to lead this group of crazy people <laughs> to, to cycle from from the olympic park up to uh, the maggie center in edinburgh over the course of five days so i said it was only i think only two or three of us rode at the time and, and a number of other people just bought themselves road bikes and yeah about 12 months later i think september after the games we we jumped on our bikes and traipsed our way up to london but ever, that's kind of where i got back into cycling is 2012 yeah. and ever since then i've just I loved it. Like it is, I mean, it gives me a reason to eat cake and drink tea. But no, oh, it's better than more. More, <laughs> more importantly, it's just it's getting out and the, the freedom. And, and it, it is, it's my release. Like I, you, you'll see kind of the, the random reels and, and stories that I do on Instagram. Like for me, I, I'm not someone who can stay inside. I, I hate being kind of confined. I love being outside in the fresh air. I'm not a runner. <laughs> I'm not. Mm. I don't have the shape of a runner. I tried playing football and, and rugby. I'm, I'm no good at them, and I'm not saying I'm particularly good at cycling. But it gives me that that opportunity just to get out and clear my head. It, it's where mm-hmm. I do all of my thinking and a lot of my planning and kind of working out what I want from you know, family life, career, where we going on holiday like I, I find that I can't do that kind of processing when I'm when I'm at home and you know lots of people do it when they go out walking or whatever but for me it's as soon as I get on that that bike and I think um, one of the other guys in, in the previous podcast say you know, no matter how bad a day you've got within a few hundred yards a few pedal strokes it, that weight is taken off your shoulder and that's that that's what cycling is for me so it's a bit of a long long story to kind of where i get to now um, mm-hmm. but you know, 2012 was probably the turning point for for me and and then well that's 15 no, 15 years 10 11 years ago mm-hmm. and i haven't looked back um since then yeah i started in 2012 actually it was um april of 2012 um just before sort of olympic fever um, yeah yeah and yeah, it was it was like that was when everyone sort of road biking really took off that year. It, it really, oh my goodness, it, yeah. it was the first time I think stats wise it overtook mountain biking for bike sales. Um, yeah. So yeah, like obviously off the back of Wiggins winning the tour um, and his great Olympics as well uh, of twenty twelve, it all kind of kick started for a lot of people there, then as well, oh, which was great. Yeah, you just. Living in living in London, you you would see a lot of people on on bikes on a on a day to day basis. But I would I would always get the tube into work from where I lived. I lived in Southwest London and I mm-hmm. worked in in, uh, in the city, so you got the tube in. So you didn't really see it, but then all of a sudden, I started cycling, and you could just see like the numbers on a daily basis, just kind of go 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 go. I mean, there's tens of thousands, I imagine now that. That ride commute into into the city but it, it's just incredible seeing mm-hmm. seeing it and you know that's that happens across all of the well i assume it happens across all of the cities it, it certainly is in in exeter uh, down where i am now mm-hmm. and what keeps you motivated to cycle now 
I think it it is that that freedom and I I know kind of what I need to do to look after my mental well-being and and for me that's the biggest thing I I know if I'm outside and on my bike then I'm a better husband I'm a better dad I'm a better colleague I'm a better friend as soon as I'm stuck inside for two or three days I become grumpy I'm I'm I wouldn't say I'm not nice to be around but it's I'm not ha- I'm not the happy person that that I know I I can be and should be because I I kind of thrive on having that outside life mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I I can't I can't deny that without cycling <laughs> I don't know kind of the type of person I would be but yeah that that's the biggest motivation is I want to I want to be a, a great husband I want to be a, a great dad and I you know I want to I want my boys to love being outside I, I'm never going to force them to be cyclists or footballers or rugby players you know, but they'll they'll find their, their own sport if they want to be sports people but I want them to know that you know their mum loves lifting weights and you know their dad loves riding their bike and you know you can do anything that you want to that you want to do you can put your mind to it so that's kind mm-hmm. of the the fundamental reason I, the the other reason is i like eating cake <laughs> and, <laughs> and it, it really it gives that <laughs> gives me a reason uh, like to to get out and 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 do that and you, you get to meet other people don't you like lots of people you can just be riding you can just chat with anyone when you're on a bike can't you? you just catch up with them or they catch up with you and even if it's just five minutes finding out where they're going and then you part ways it's a really social sport if you want it to be yeah definitely um there's a group that i've seen that you ride with um the cycle sanctuary do you want to tell us a little bit about those guys yeah yeah so when when i moved down to exeter with my my family it's in lockdown in 2020 and we we're from the southeast of england so that's kind of where all our friends and family are and we didn't know anyone when we we moved down here within the lockdown and i was like i need i need something to (laughs) keep me going and and, and a way an easy way to meet people and uh, my wife had just uh, got herself a personal trainer uh, who uh, trains or worked at the same place as a, a guy called Joe, who uh, ended up then being my my personal trainer and, uh, in essence, my cycling coach. And he runs a group of... Well, he, he just runs a, a cycling club. It, I mean, it, it's kind of full of nomads, really. It's it's people who, who don't want to be part of a, a traditional cycling club or, or racing or anything like that. It's, it's very much a social and and it, it literally takes no drops to the, the mat to, you know, no one is ever left alone and he he just runs it out of the the place where uh, he runs his training sessions and you know, there's there's people of all abilities really there's you know, there's there's you know, joe who's super fit he's a personal trainer aiden comes along every now and again right, mm-hmm. with his you know, his massive um ability to kind of break through different pain and, and mental health barriers and you know people of all ages and kind of uh, and everything really so we just we plod along on a on a sunday for 30 odd miles 
grab some some tea and coffee at, at the end, and, you know, and we all go our se- uh, go our separate ways. But it's it's just a really nice group. You know? No one no one's putting pressure on. It's it's not about racing each other. You know, if you want to have a little dig up a, a hill, you can do. And you know, if there's a Strava segment, you'll often get someone shouting you know, for a lead out to try and grab the segment. But it, it's not a it's not like when I lived in London and and you mm-hmm. felt like you were getting hunted by one of the uh, the cycling packs as you kind of rode around Richmond Park and and if you were in their way then you were kind of collateral and, and pushed off the uh, pushed off the road. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a, just a really casual, uh, nice group. And you know, I think what Joe's done, um, kind of pulling these people together, is it, it, great because everyone you know, different backgrounds, different job types different concepts of kind of what they want to do with cycling and it's grown out so people now they they do the cycle sanctuary rides together but they also they'll go off and do sportives together some people go off to Mallorca and and kind of ride the 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 mountains out there or the roads out there together so yeah it's it's just become this um, lovely little family I I should say down here in, uh, in in Exeter yeah, that's great, and you do feel a lot of that with the cycling. It, it, there's a very much a community spirit about it. Exactly as you said, you can be riding down a road and just kind of meet up with someone on a bend, have a lovely little chat for five minutes, and then they're like, "Oh, I'm off this way. Oh, see you later." And you've just made like a friend almost in that couple of minutes, just on your shared love of the of, of cycling, and there is that community there. You did mention, oh my goodness, mate, yeah, yeah, um, Aiden King. Um, Obviously, yes. you you know him. He was our second guest on episode two, um, talking about some of the challenges that he's done. And um, I talked to Aidan about coming back on the on the podcast actually because uh, we did mention his Everest, but we didn't talk about it that much. He's doing an Everest challenge in early June, um, and we're interested to get him back on the podcast to talk about his challenge for that so that's that's something that we're looking forward to so you know Aidan quite well don't you yeah yeah so I, I was introduced to Aidan through the cycle sanctuary actually uh, he he as people that listen will, will know he's a chef and he used to uh, chef at the, the place that the cycle sanctuary starts from uh, so he, he knows my coach Joe and kind of got introduced to him and you know, he's he's a cracking guy he's he, he has a, a just this unbelievable unbelievable sorry ability to kind of break through some real mental barriers that he faces into when he, he's out on the bike and it's you know, it, it's really inspiring to to get out and be with him when he's he's on these challenges and mm-hmm. he it's He's he's a young guy and he's he knows what he wants to achieve, and you know, he's just finding different ways of expressing himself through kind of the the Everesting challenges and the twenty four hour challenge that he he did a few months ago for Elf. Like it is it, incredible. I I was lucky enough to kind of spin out with him for the first two hours or so mm-hmm. on that, and it was. <laughs> We we only did kind of out and back. It was about eighty k, and we just knew that he then had another twenty hours of, of cycling, pretty much solo. And you know, I love being out on my own on the bike. 
but for 20 hours mm. <laughs> it just felt like uh, you know, he's 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 kind of proving uh, kind of proving himself wrong and, and kind of breaking through the, these barriers so yeah he's he's a lovely guy he, he does some some great things for for charities down here and and it's just kind of really well liked by the cycling community you know, that's one of the things that you just said it there um, about kind of meeting people on on the corners like he's the sort of person who you would be you could meet him on the corner uh, whether you know him or not and he would he could be going on his way home and he would then go off and, and kind of do a loop with you just to have a chat and kind of find out what what's going on and that's kind of what's what's so great about this you know, this sport isn't it it's that yeah. that little group of of friends yeah definitely deep do you have any big challenges lined up for 2023? So I'm going to win power and say no, <laughs> purely for the fact that uh, children and, and family are, are kind of get in the way of kind of the, the big fundraising thing. So mm-hmm. I, I mentioned earlier that I did, uh, did a, a ride when I, first got back in back in 2012 or 2013 we, we did the ride for for maggie's and i think we raised about sixty thousand for for the charity then uh, uh, over the challenge but then a couple of years later I, I did one for bbc children in need when when i was working uh, in partnership with them and did a another three or four day ride and, and we raised kind of similar amounts I'll be honest that that along with a, a 24 hour static bike ride in 2015 was kind of my my limit at the time just because mm-hmm. uh, lots of different things and I know that was a long time ago and I would love to do more I really would I uh, it's kind of one of my passions on, on top of cycling is is charity work uh, but I just I <laughs> I haven't prioritized that at all I, I would love to do more uh, but uh, in reality I, I set myself targets of, of mileage at the moment that's mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of the the main priority is is getting back riding more regularly because during lockdown and then having a couple of young kids i just completely fell off life. the bike basically I, I wasn't yeah life got in the way Takes I, I over. yeah yeah exactly um so these kind of last couple of years or last year particularly I, i've tried to up my my distance and, and that's what i'm focusing on again again this year so have you told i would if- love to have you oh, tar- targeted yourself for a mileage this year? Yeah, so um, I would love to do uh, what it works out at seven and a half thousand kilometres or seven thousand okay. two hundred kilometres for the year. So um, it's about six hundred kilometres a month. So it's you know it's not huge amounts of distance, but it it's enough that you know, when prior to last year, I think the most I'd done was about four thousand kilometres. Um, uh, in a year so it's it's a big enough challenge that I know that I need to be riding regularly and, and, and getting out mm-hmm. I do have this urge to go racing and okay. part of the reason why I got a coach when I did was because uh, he races down here or he used to race he, he hasn't raced for a little while um, and I wanted to have the ability to well, I just wanted to get fit so that I could get out and racing. And I, I did sign up for a couple of races and wimped out because of the weather and <laughs> just didn't want to get into a kind of a crit race with uh, 
with, with people who were experienced uh, in wet weather. So mm. I need to find the confidence in myself to to get out and, and start racing. And that's if I could do that this year and hit my mileage target, that would be you know, an achievement. Mm-hmm. But as I said, I think at some stage I do want to get back into doing a, a big charity challenge because those are those are incredible uh, especially in groups and, and I, I end up kind of taking the lead when I when organizing them and I, I like that responsibility and, and having the ability to kind of motivate people to when you're, you're going up that hill I'm not saying that I'm I'm the best thing since sliced bread but I, I do like helping other people kind of you know, break through their own barriers and, and their own challenges in, in order to kind of get to, to that difference and when everyone's kind of pulling together to, to make a difference for those who aren't as, as lucky as us then you know it's it's always so much more motivating isn't it yeah definitely There's, I've done a, a few charity events and like probably similar to yourself I've d- I haven't done one I think the last one was 2021 for myself um and that was that was a bit that was a big ride but I, I went in I'd ridden it a couple of times before and I went into it probably not as fit as I had been and I mean I'd only done I only did I think I completed uh two two and a half thousand miles that year and I did 262 on one day so I'd oh. done like 10 percent of my mileage on one day um which was just when i look back and thought about that i thought that was insane it was like 420 kilometers something like that um but i'd done that like i say i'd done that ride a couple of times before and i just went in and i just rode it how i knew i could ride um, and just kind of went for it but that was the last time i did a a charity ride of of any kind really um and that's the thing isn't it anything is possible as long as you do it within your means don't don't try and race up mount von two like the pros do but you can definitely you can definitely break through a you could everest on mount von two if you really wanted to and Mm. you committed to it and and you set yourself targets which are suitable for yourself but it's that it's that mental side which is is going to be the challenge and if you know that you can if you know that physically you can ride 420 kilometers then you then just have to all you have to do is focus on your head Mm -hmm. and talk to yourself and and have those coping mechanisms as to how you're going to get get your brain across the line because Mm -hmm. your legs will keep going a lot longer than than your head will that's true there's there's some there's some demons in all of us that will sit there and natter away and, and tell us what we uh, what we don't want to hear yeah and that was kind of the struggle with with other people on that ride that <coughs> excuse me um they were struggling with it wasn't the legs it had either be the hands were going or there was something else that was niggling them and then they were just convinced they could not do it the, and once you've got that little niggle the demons are there and it's it's gone then you've really got to believe that you can achieve it and I think I obviously went in with the well the third time knowing that it's I've done this a couple of times before it's not 
which then I wasn't blase and thought, oh, this is easy because I've done it before, because it's certainly not. Um, it's a big, big challenge, but it was one of those things I was proud to achieve it because I was the first time to first person to ever do it twice. Because um, then I thought, well, I'm the first person to be mental enough to do it twice, really. That was the... Um, <laughs> And then somebody else did it twice, and then he was back for the third time, the time that I went back, because um, I had a couple of year break. I did it 2017, 2018, um, but he had done it consecutively, and that was the only difference that he'd gone back um, and done it. But he didn't complete it on that day. I think it was his back. His back had gone, and he only did about four. He did about 100 miles. Um, and couldn't continue but then fair play he went back by himself a few weeks later and did it because it was all supported when we were all riding it and doing it so I mean big kudos to him to going back yeah, and taking that kudos. challenge on again it was just because it's yeah it's difficult like you say like riding in the dark knowing that you've got that much more um, I found that the mental battle was, that was quite good and I think perhaps going forward with ever doing like an Everest challenge or anything like that, you usually know how many reps you've got to do on a set hill that I always counted them down rather than counted... Well, sorry, I counted them up to halfway and then I counted them down once I was halfway because then I thought, oh, you're halfway. And then as I was counting them down, it seemed like a lot less than thinking I've still got this many left. I was sort of counting them off. Mm. So once I got... Because it was 10 laps of Lake Windermere... So once I got to five laps, it was like, right, okay, I'm on the countdown now. And it just seemed that touch easier once you got past that halfway point. But that was purely, and I knew this because I told it myself when I was riding around, that was just a mental state. It made no difference whether I was counting them up or down, yeah. really, to, to how much power I could put through the pedals. But it was just more comfortable in my mind that I was counting them down. So if I ever took on a big challenge like that again... I'd definitely try and do it that way to help that mental state while I'm trying to do it. I'm I'm 100% exactly the same, and, and whenever I'm whenever I'm on a ride, what, no matter what the distance is, or if I'm doing a a, a swift session on on, a, on the turbo or, or intervals or something, it's never counting. You know, this is the first one, this is the second one, this is the third one, or whatever, or um, it's, this is one kilometre it's right I've got if it's a 100 mile ride I've got 99 miles left I've got 98 miles left and it, it's always like that because it, to, uh, I, I probably similar to you that is more of a positive reinforcement that you're 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 breaking down isn't it you're getting closer to zero which is mm-hmm. kind of miles left or kilometres left and closer to the, the 160 golden kilometers or, or whatever it's the 24 hours because you know, let's, let's be honest anything when you're when you're sat on a tiny little saddle anything that, that makes it slightly easier is so much more enjoyable i would say so yeah, yeah I, i'm 100 percent on on uh, in agreement with kind of how you were saying it there yeah yeah it's like you say just that that mentality is so much about the the can do attitude almost that it's it's just you know you've got to push yourself but at the same time you've got to do like you say within reason that you can't just go absolutely mental at something because you're going to burn out but at the same time you've got to have that belief that you're going to be able to achieve it in the first place and manage it it was almost like as well 
I was having a game with my, my Garmin I hadn't put um, I don't think the distance was on there and then I was trying to always work out from my speed and my time how far I'd gone um, math, math, so I was just having a fun with the maths kind of thing and I was working out how far I'd gone from the uh, the, the distance and um, sorry, the speed and the, the distance. Um, oh my goodness, the the kind of the I'm not I don't like maths at all, but kind of the maths calculations that I spend the amount of time <laughs> I spend doing maths on my on my bike, that and singing random theme Songs. tunes to CBB's um, mm. shows or Netflix shows that, that my kids watch. But yeah, the, the maths adding up and calculating stuff just to yeah. try and make that time disappear. And, and focus your my brain away from how much time I've got left and that type of thing. It's yeah, it's it's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, also you you work with um, some brands. One is uh, Velo Twenty One, which you're an ambassador for, um, and your code for your ambassador program is Mood Boost. So what was uh, the reasons behind choosing that particular code? Uh, so when I, when I moved to, to Exeter a few years ago, back in 2020, we, both my, my wife and I kind of noticed something very clear that whenever we went into city center, there, there was a very obvious demographic of, of individual who was struggling. They were either um, they were either homeless or you know, they, they were clearly um, um, essentially taking drugs or anything like that and it, it, it was it became more, more apparent kind of the more that we went into ta- into the city and kind of uh, were, were doing things with, with the family and stuff that you know, the city has a real faces into a real challenge for, for men with who have mental health concerns or mental health um, challenges and it, it took kind of a few years or a year 18 months for me to kind of pluck up the the time but kind of more of the courage to kind of go out to various groups down here and basically say look I know the the benefit that cycling has for me it, it clears my head. It allows me, as I said, it allows me to do my thinking. It's, it's such a kind of positive impact on, on my mental well-being. So why why don't I just offer to go and riding with someone? You know, if they have a bike, great. Then we can we can go and have a little ride and, and you know, just get them out and, and give them a bit of confidence and get them some fresh air. And be the be the person on, on the side to to listen to uh, and chat. If they don't have a bike, then you know, I could lend them one of my bikes or you know, whatever. We we would find a way. There's there's electric bikes that you can hire in in Exeter, and it it, it was just the offer of kind of a one to one. No strings. No, this isn't about racing. This isn't about lycra. This is purely about providing men primarily. Um, uh, with an opportunity to kind of escape the challenges of, of loneliness or, or mental health um, mm-hmm. uh, issues that they, they might face into. And so uh, 
it decided to call it movement to mood boost because you know, that's exactly what it was. It, it was getting out moving to help people's mood. So that's kind of where the the, the discount code or kind of the the, the mood boost piece came from is uh, because I, I launched that kind of little program uh, about a year ago or so now. Um, I wouldn't say in partnership with um, Cycling UK, but Cycling UK or the local team down here were, were engaged and, and supportive and uh, along with the Exeter City Football Club Community Fund or Community Trust, I should say, and a couple of other organisations like Active Devon and Active Exeter were involved and kind of were able to nominate people that you know, I could literally go and, and sit down and, and ride with. And as I said, it, it wasn't about racing on Lycra and doing 20, 30, 40 mile rides. It, if it's being by the side of someone so they have the confidence to ride the five minutes to the ex estuary which um the ex estuary trail which is like a flat trail along the estuary out from exeter to dawlish or exmouth down here it's six or seven miles uh, from one end to the other if, if you want it to be but it, you know, it's flat as a pancake and it, it's all protected cycle routes so if it gives them the confidence that they can get from their house to to that uh, that path then that was kind of what i was looking to do and and you know, i'm it's it's there. It's it's open to kind of anyone that kind of wants to take advantage of it, and it's supported by my my work. There, they they like the fact that I'm able to kind of do these things, and I love the fact that I've got the flexibility of, of being able to take advantage of, of my time like that. And you know, we hopefully are shortly moving to to Dorset, um, so I will be kind of doing the same thing once I get myself settled up there. Um, assuming kind of <laughs> there's the demand for, for that type of um, support network uh, in my eyes every every single person faces into kind of mental health challenges no matter yeah. kind of who they are and what they say and it's just not talked about in the same way that you know, physical disabilities are, are spoken about so I, I just want to kind of do as much as I can to support others that, that might appreciate that, that support and that's kind of where it all came from so I want to help everyone and you, know, you were kind enough to kind of take me on board and, and, and support mm -hmm. that side of things which is absolutely fantastic um, uh, from my perspective so I just kind of felt like it was an opportunity to, to give back to, to others definitely yeah that's um, fantastic that is it's um, like you say using your own sort of feelings about cycling as well the way that you say it clears your head and how it helps you and then like you say plucking up the courage to go then go and offer this service is absolutely fantastic that's that's a brilliant idea that is so you should be very proud of that that's, uh, <laughs> that's something yeah, I, uh, a bit special yeah i love it and you know and everyone's doing their own little things out there and and stuff and it's just my way of kind of giving back to to the local community down here and as I said hopefully up in in, in Dorset when we move but you know, I go out with, with friends from, from uni and stuff and I know how much of a massive impact kind of you know I, I come back with a massive grin on my face and my cheeks 
hurting from laughing and stuff from from chatting to them and now i'm not saying that's that's the outcome after five minutes of, of riding with, with someone but it's it gives them hopefully it gives that one person a bit of bit more confidence to to get out and move their body and get the the physical benefits of being out in the sun getting vitamin d you know getting that wind in the hair and, and you know, their eyes open to, to what's going on outside of kind of these four walls which you know, particularly post-covid even even though we're not in a lockdown anymore people are people aren't going into the offices anywhere near as much yet and, mm. and they they have to face into those challenges of potentially working in a in a one-bed flat and you know, not seeing everyone on a day-to-day basis that they they're used to doing so it, it just it's it's another tool for for someone to take advantage of and uh, just delighted that brands like yourself and, and the, the community trusts and stuff down here are, are on board with with it because you know, hopefully people are seeing the benefit of it. yeah fantastic good stuff good stuff so we'll move on to the last little section there that we're going to ask all the guests that we have on mm. um so are you a calf stop cyclist yes or no 100 percent, 100 100 percent. i i love stopping <laughs> <laughs> i love stopping in fact i'm wearing uh, i've got my proper t-shirt so when i when i lived in sussex um i lived in a little village called hassocks right next door to uh, this cafe called proper which to this day is my favorite cafe shop i love the guys there um there's a little bike cafe and um, repair shop and you know, they're, they're just incredible but i i love stopping for <laughs> a cup of tea and a slice of cake or a sandwich or a can yeah. of coke i don't i don't really mind i'm not i'm not fussy but it, it needs to be tea or coke um in my eyes uh, you did your your post earlier today oh, about I was gonna mention tea, or, that, yeah. tea or coffee I'm, I, I can't drink coffee it it blows my mind and I love the smell I can't I just can't drink it because it, 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 yeah it's funny I mean I commented to one person that it, it seems like cycling's the only sport I think where coffee drinking is part of it which just seems a bit bizarre really um I know. but there was quite a few people because I think you said yourself that you're like a bit ashamed to say oh it's tea for me but a few people had said Oh no! It's never coffee. It's always tea. It's always tea. Yeah, um, yeah it is. It's always it, tea. I, I, I love a cup of tea. I wouldn't say it was a fifty. It wasn't a fifty-fifty split. Um, there wasn't as many uh, tea to coffee, but it it was more tea than I thought was it was going to be. To be honest, because yeah. like I say, yeah, when 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 you said that to me, I, I went back and I looked. I was like, okay, I'm I'm not quite as. Uh, individual as I, I potentially thought because when I, most people I know when I ride are coffee aficionados mm-hmm. they they love it and they you know, mm. it, it's not just a coffee it's, it's one of the vast array and it just blows my mind kind of what all, all the different things are and I'm like that's just too much of a decision for me I just like cup of tea bit of oat milk done and then yeah. it's then I can choose the food that I want mm. any particular <laughs> cake are we are we going like anything well Annoyingly, Steve, I don't get much of a choice because I'm vegan. Okay. I get huge amounts of, of, of choice, unfortunately. So quite often it's a flapjack. But when someone has 
a nice piece of like banana bread or a, a vegan a Victoria sponge, then I am absolutely like game Lovely. for for that. Yeah, or millionaire shortbread. Oh my goodness me! Yeah. So basically, as long as it's dairy free, I'm I'm pretty <laughs> pretty happy because it it's not most places only have kind of one um, option yeah. and it, it tends to be flapjack so if it's if it's anything more than that i'm i'm all over it <laughs> Good stuff. it was it, aiden was talking about it in his his uh, recording uh, a few weeks ago about um, the ride that he was he was doing he stopped at stopped at a cafe and you know, i was one of those people that was ordering the pizzas and the sandwiches because i was i i blew up on that ride absolutely it was bombed. a big um, it was a big ride wasn't it, it yeah was, yeah it was, yeah, it was it a was, big day it out. was meant to be 200 and something k from we were going from Exeter to um can't remember where we were going to Ilfracombe or Woolacombe kind of on the north north coast of, of Devon and, and then back so yeah it was it was, two, it was going to be 200k and I just bonked after about 95k mm. um, 100k or something like that and i was i was done so they they kind of went off for a bit bit longer and, and then came back and i was there stuck in my face with, with coke and sandwiches <laughs> I, you know, I i have no shame on that side of things uh, and uh, and then we kind of we we gradually rode back uh, as a as a group and um they very kindly uh <laughs> rode very slowly to to nurse me back to um nurse me back to Exeter but yeah it, without that stop I would have I was on my way to well I said to them you guys go ahead I'm I'm going off and I'm finding the train and, and I can get myself oh, okay. back yeah yeah so to me coffee shops are vital <laughs> <laughs> I love them <laughs> and you know it's supporting small businesses yeah, that's, yeah. that's the most important thing yeah that's Support, good and- shop, shop small and local I mean, you you find some. Um, I don't know whether it's the same, the same uh, in your area that some of our coffee shops now are, are becoming a bit more bike friendly. That there's kind of like there's gels for sale, there's tubes for sale, there's there's access to a track pump round the back yeah. kind of thing, and that they're, they're being a bit more cyclist friendly because of the boom in it and the calf stop nature. Um, that yeah they're becoming a bit more accommodating um yeah like some sort of advertise there's a bit more there's a safe space to put the bike around the back behind the shed kind of thing and there's a lockable gate and things like that so yeah they're, they're becoming a lot more accommodating for us as well which is good yeah 100 percent. i mean i i would always i would always choose to kind of go to a um, go to a cafe which kind of a dedicated bike cafe you know the, mm. As a, a workshop or, or sales bikes, or whatever, but there is definitely a, a a growing number of people or owners who are kind of keen to take advantage Capitalize. of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because you know, there's there's thousands of us Business, going out. Yeah. I think the the biggest thing is when you're on your bike, you get to experience you get to explore so many different places that you don't I mean, it's great being going walking or whatever and running but unless you're like an ultra runner you're not you're not going mm, kind of 20 far. 30 miles away yeah. yeah and if you're in a car you don't kind of get to it no, you go on the main roads you don't experience all these things i mean the amount of pubs that i find for 
uh, us to visit because you know, I, I fly past on the bike and you know, you're looking up. It's great, and that's mm. that's the same with coffee shops. You know, and and I think they're they're beginning to realise the importance of, of this mm. population to kind of the not necessarily the survival, but you know, take advantage of of people who want to to meet out and you, if you get a club who then there's 20 or 30 riders going out on a, a Sunday mm-hmm. they're going to choose the, the best places I know, I know I, I'm still a I still follow the, the proper uh, cafe where, where I used to go to and, and live next to and they've got their own club that, that runs out of out of their shop every every Sunday morning mm-hmm. they they put up a vote as to you know, which which cafe they want to go to and they, they every week and they build the route round one of three stops on a Sunday, and then you know, the following week there's another three that they choose which mm. to go through. And it, it's they're all bike friendly because those cafes know that they've got twenty or thirty people from that club, plus however many clubs in in the rest of that part of Sussex coming in to visit. So you know, it's 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 a great opportunity for for small businesses to kind of grow and um, mm. get a new audience. Yeah, because I mean, my local club is. Uh, I'm in the Midlands, Wolverhampton, uh, Wolverhampton Wheelers. They're the oldest cycling club in the UK. Um, so we've been running for the longest amount of time. I think there's close to 500 members. Um, so it's a big old club. Um, and they have to organise sort of... Their Sunday ride is multiple groups going out all different... Even like the similar pace riders have to go in different groups sometimes because there's that many people turn up to these rides um yeah, yeah. which is great and like you say these the calves and things like that are, are, are know this that these big groups are going out um and yeah are kind of targeting them for the for the stops which is which is good like you say it's, it's business at the end of the day isn't it it's for yeah the, exactly for those small businesses exactly. yeah which is good so one of the other questions we ask all the guests is if money was no object absolute dream bike so I've been listening to everyone's versions of these and trying to decide what what I would what I would say and I honestly I don't know I think so I've got three bikes at the moment mm-hmm. I've got a ribble gravel a ribble steel gravel bike a cube peloton which is now my turbo bike from when I first started riding again and uh, a North Road Aero is kind of my, my racing bike and I love them all to bits I'm, I'm not sure like they're all just mechanical like there's nothing crazy about them but they all have kind of their own little journey and, and mm-hmm. story that have come come with them and stuff like that and I, I think that's probably more what I would want to focus my energy on because you know i'm i'm not that bothered as long as the bike works and mm-hmm. it's not falling apart i'm quite happy because it gets me from a to b um admittedly i would probably like um electronic gears on on all of them but that mm-hmm. that would probably be my my main request along with probably a custom paint job that that's probably the main thing i'd love to to do is kind of one of these wacky paint jobs and just make it really individual so that's Mm -hmm. where the money 
would probably go but it, i'm not i'm not fussed by the by the brand or what it is what it is mm-hmm. um i would love that said i i was in bristol on on sunday um uh, at a show with with my wife and there were a lot of families yesterday morning because we stayed over who were kind of uh, running their kids to school on kind of these turn cargo bikes okay. so i would i'd absolutely love one of those mm-hmm. uh, i was looking at the price <laughs> just as a curiosity because um my my little boy my three-year-old he's now too big for his seat on the sit on the back of my gravel bike mm. so i need to get a, a trailer so i can run him up to nursery or preschool i thought well, maybe i could just get one of those kind of turn electric bikes and then it'd just be easier for me to just trace both the kids around and, and stuff like that but you know they they can start at nine and a half grand so okay. you know, if, if money was no object i would one probably buy myself one of those yeah. because it would be a lot of fun just to you know i love i love riding with my boys uh, and it brings me so much joy when um, the little ones sat on the back and you know, we have our random chats. And he, he asks me what colour pants I'm wearing and, and I start trying to pull my shorts down and, and shouts it out to whoever we, we ride past and then looking at the different planes that are flying up and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it, having that and being able to go a lot further, you know, he, he's he's growing up and stuff like that, but he's not he's not able to ride his bike properly yet so it's down to me to, to get to places so knowing that I can you know, trace him out to Exmouth which is 20 miles uh, 20 miles 20k down the cycle path mm-hmm. um, without kind of running myself into the ground to, to get back um, would be great so yeah that's probably where I'd go something like a, a cool cargo bike um, lovely yeah good stuff so if we could plop it anywhere in the world where would be the dream place to go riding? Uh, so, I've always wanted to ride in America. I'm I'm not bothered by Mallorca or, or anything like that. I think you know, it, I'm not going to say no if, if someone offered me to to go out there and, and ride. It'd be it'd be amazing, and I I, I would love to do um, I'd love to do three one two. Obviously, I, I think that's kind of a, a tick list for, for a lot of people. It's this weekend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, I, I I saw someone do it last year. Uh, someone on Instagram, and and he and his wife flew out for a few days without their kids, and and he did it. I was like, I said to my wife, "Cursed! This is this is the dream. Like, mm-hmm. let's let's leave our kids with uh, someone for for a few days. They're at school, so you know." they can be dropped off and picked up easily let's go to let's go and i could do the ride and anyway didn't didn't get around to training for it nor paying mm. for it or getting on it but um uh, aiden was talking to me about it a, a few weeks ago and i would love to to get out and do it because it, you know it's it's one of those those ticklish things but in reality i would love to go and ride um like some of the national parks in America, mm-hmm. I just think I, I don't even know if it's feasible. But like Yosemite and, and places like that, I just think it would be absolutely incredible to kind of see that scenery um, and just kind of experience a, a completely different 
quiet roads, smooth roads um, <laughs> that we certainly don't have down here in, in Devon. Um, and I, fo- I follow the vegan cyclist on on his Instagram and, and YouTube, and just kind of watching some of the the rides that he does in in that neck of the woods is just um, yeah, kind of beautiful beautiful scenery and stuff like that. So I, I think probably somewhere like that, somewhere in America, would would um, definitely float my boat um, at the moment. Anyway, mm. lovely. Yeah, it's like uh, I'm not. I'm not. I can't do mountains. Like I'm. I, I could get up one, but it would be a really long day in the saddle, <laughs> and I wouldn't be. I would literally go up and, and come down. So one day maybe I, I might do those. And but um, after yeah, to, I, after riding Florida, then it's just pan flat there. Pan flat, yeah. Yeah, that's, that'd be good. yeah. <laughs> just avoid the thunderstorms. There was there was someone that I used to ride with um, over Canaquay Club that I used to ride with there. There was an American chap there, and he lived um, used to live in Florida. Then he ended up going back. And I still followed him on Strava, and he'd done a 55-mile ride, and it had 36 foot of climbing. It's so just... <laughs> I, 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 uh, I was thinking, listening to these other, I was thinking about it um, over the weekend, and I, it, it did remind me of a ride I did with, with a good friend of mine, Dan, we, a few years ago, just after we both kind of had our first kids we we did a few rides over in france kind of we would buy each other for our birthdays or christmas we buy each other a ferry trip from dover because we we lived in london and and sussex so we could drive down to dover get the first ferry and and then we would kind of ride around belgium or or northern france and we did one where we we got the ferry over we rode down to Ypres and then back to, to calais and it was 100 miles and and we rode less than 400 meters oh, climbed less than 400 meters in, in 100 miles and I think most of that was probably going up to get onto the onto the ferry mm. and um you know that's, that's reminded me just kind of that I mean it, it's not as pan flat as as Florida but kind of those some of those northern European uh, roads are, you know, it's as hard riding 100 miles not climbing because mm. you're kind of stuck in that same position as I think it probably would be kind of doing a 50 mile ride and, and climbing 1500 meters because at least at least when you're climbing you're, you're out you're in different positions aren't you but um and then yeah, you get the downhill I, I, I as well yeah exactly you get the downhill. <laughs> I, mean, I, I did love i did love riding kind of those those part those kind of you know, northern european roads so oh, yeah the the drivers are so much more considerate i found than a lot of places in um the uk Mm. a lot of places but yeah it's I would say somewhere America would be great to kind of explore on a bike yeah lovely great stuff then Dave I think we've come to the end of our little cycling chat now so I thank you for your time today so thanks for coming on well thanks for having me it's been it's been great being able to just chat random stuff about cycling it's, it's, it's great it's all good fun lovely thank you very much Dave that's alright no worries enjoy the rest of your uh, rest of your evening well that was fantastic talking to Dave there it's it's really interesting isn't it getting another insight from another cyclist and getting their story getting their journey and what a thoroughly nice bloke he is it's just taking his own time um, to help others 
is absolutely fantastic as a lot of people have come on and mentioned about kind of how it relieves their stress and helps their mental health and mental well-being and he's offering that to other people and that just goes to show someone who's willing to give up their time um to help others that's the salt of the earth kind of person isn't it and he's just a genuinely thoroughly nice bloke um fantastic speaking to him we really thank him for his time today so i've been steve your host the velo 21 guy thanks for listening to this episode of the velodrome podcast and we hope to see you again soon